Law Focus Podcast. Sending you the facts. Sending you your rights. This is Law Focus. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Law Focus. My name is Millicent Ndiweni, your voice of law for the evening right here on VARFM 88.1. Tonight's conversation is significant, interesting, controversial, but most importantly, as most of our topics are, a human rights issue. A study conducted in 2013 revealed that there were between 132,000 and 182,000 sex workers, female, male, intersex, and transgender in South Africa. Of that number, the majority are either internal or cross-border migrants who have multiple dependents. Female sex workers in particular may have up to four people to look after, which is double the number that male and transgender sex workers may have. If this is not reason enough for us to have this conversation, then what is? The South African Law Reform Commission report released in May 2017 did not support the decriminalization of sex work. In compiling the report, different voices were invited to the fore to participate in the debates and submit their arguments for or against the decriminalization, including organizations such as Sisonke Gender Justice Submission, Coalition to End Sexual Exploitation in South Africa, Women's Legal Center and Legal Resources Center, uh, Joint um, Submission and African Center for Migration and Society. There were many, many other voices that were part of the discussions, including those of sex workers themselves. Some of the findings found in this and other similar reports will assist to facilitate our conversation this evening. We will be joined on the line by attorney from Legal Aid South Africa, Ms. Puleng Mbeke, who will give us a legal analysis of everything sex work related for our understanding, as well as Mr. Katleho Rasibitze from Sisonke Gender Justice about the human element of, of sex work what it actually entails and his arguments for its decriminalization will be laid bare. Of course, this wouldn't be a conversation without your input. So if you do wish to join the conversation, you can send us a tweet on at VowFM using the hashtag LawFocus. You can also send us a voice note on WhatsApp. The number to dial is 084-078-4912. Do stay tuned for the upcoming discussion. But before we get into that, let us first see which stories are making headlines this week. This is Law Focus. Rounding up all, all the top all stories, the of, the stories of the week is Legal Hotspots. In our Legal Hotspots this week, former President Jacob Zuma in court papers has accused the lead prosecutor in his corruption case of being driven by hatred towards him. He also attacked the National Prosecuting Authority for prosecuting him with callousness and recklessness. The former president says his rights to a fair trial have been significantly infringed. In another headline story, we've got convicted racist Vicky Malmberg, who applied for bail in the Randberg Magistrate Court earlier today. Malmberg is hoping to launch an appeal after she was convicted of a crime in Nigeria. She gained notoriety after a video showing her hurling racist abuse at a black police officer went viral on social media in February 2016. The officer was trying to assist her after she was involved in an alleged smash-and-grab incident. 
We then also have the Omotoso trial, which has been set for hearing. Pastor Timothy Omotoso's trial resumed for a pre-trial conference earlier today. Omotoso and two others are accused of 96 related charges. Judge Mandela Makaula, who was presiding on the case after he was accused of being overly sympathetic to witnesses and therefore bias. In our final story for today, News 24 has reported that Ferdinand Barnard, the killer of anti-apartheid activist David Webster, was allegedly released from prison today. Correctional Services Minister Michael Masuta granted Barnard parole last month and indicated that he would be released today. Barnard was sentenced to life imprisonment in June 1998 after he was convicted of numerous charges including murder, attempted murder, defeating the ends of justice, and the unlawful possession of firearms. He has served more than 20 years of his sentence. One of the two murder charges was in connection with Webster's killing in 1989. Webster was shot and killed at the behest of the Apartheid Police Security Branch, the Civil Cooperation Bureau. The department says in reaching the decision, Masuta satisfied himself that Barnard had met all the requirements for him to be released on parole. And those are our legal hotspots this week. Rounding up all, all the top all stories, of the, stories of the week is Legal Hotspots. There was a court case about sex work in 2006 that landed in the Constitutional Court, which upheld the verdict of the Pretoria High Court that the Sex for Reward provision of the Sexual Offences Act was unconstitutional and brothel keeping was also unlawful. This was the closest ever that sex work came to being decriminalized. One of the major arguments in support of decriminalization is all about allowing women in particular to be agents of their own bodies without any sanctioning from any persons. Another additional fact is that although most male sex workers will not be found standing in the streets, they're used to operate from brothels, the majority of which have closed down. As a result, most sex workers now advertise their services online. With this said, we thought it relevant to get your opinion on whether you think that sex work should be decriminalized and this is what you had to say. Um, I do think that it should be decriminalized, just based on the fact that uh, a lot of people, this is a living for them. This is how they make their money. Um, but at the same time, it's also a double-edged sword because it exposes people to a whole bunch of illnesses like HIV. So I'm going to go with yes or maybe. <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, I think it should be decriminalized because, um, okay, I'm going to take it to uh, the spiritual side of it. Like um, the, people get sick, right? And also it makes it, they lose their identity to some extent when they do this. And also, that also attracts demons. That's how I know it. Um, and also, these people, they die. And I get that they're trying to finance their homes, whatever. They're trying to make money out of that. But it's really not helping sometimes. So, yes. Um, I would say it should be legalized. Um, looking at the fact that the uh, Department of Health already is supplying them with some health um, tools, uh, health materials. Uh, for instance, um, in Devon, there is um, a place where they are legally placed 
to make sure that they are safe in terms of health and all that stuff. And another thing that makes me think it should be legalized for their safety more than anything else. If it's delegalized, then they will get violated and yeah, such stuff. Definitely. Reason being is I think then it can be managed and it means that people will be so much more likely to come forward if they feel like they're being abused. In terms of the Sexual Offences Act 23 of 1957, as well as the Criminal Law, Sexual Offences and Related Matters Act 32 of 2007, South Africa currently criminalizes sex work. What this means is that it is basically illegal to pay someone to have sex with you or to have someone pay you for having sex with them. We will now speak with practicing attorney Puleng Mbeke, not just about what the law says about sex work, but also how it affects the sex work industry and particularly the people who earn from sex work as a living, even though as an occupation, it currently remains illegal in South Africa. We are joined by Puling Mbeke from Legal Aid South Africa. She'll be talking to us exactly about sex worker rights. Mbeke, who protects sex workers and what laws protect sex sex workers? Okay, currently we know that uh, prostitution or other sex working is illegal in South Africa. So... At, at, at this point in time, there is absolutely no law that is protecting and, uh, and, and, and the prostitution or uh, sex workers in South Africa, which is still on the topic in, in Parliament regarding uh, legalizing it. You know, there seems to be a very negative connotation and uh, connection with uh, sex work and the, the industry itself. Can we say that sex work adds to the crimes of human trafficking, child pornography, uh, child prostitution? prostitution itself, drugs and other social issues such as HIV? Yes, it becomes, it, it's, it's a huge cause of that. Because remember now, this, this sex working or prostitution, if you may call it, is not in any way regulated. And it makes not only us as, 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 as our country, but also them, the sex workers, victims regarding, um, uh, what, what, do you, what do you call it again? Um, regarding sex trafficking, regarding yes. drugs and, and, and HIV and STIs. Mm. Because there is lack of um, health care facilities for them. They, they become victims because you find that they against the, 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 the foreign nationals or rather the popularly known nationals that uh, practice the child, child tra- or rather sex traffickers and that gang-dominated nom- uh, uh, associations that also make use of sex workers and they, they use them to sell drugs, they use them to mm. move on drugs, they give them drugs. And this exposes us as a country into such. Now, as a practice that is not regulated, it gives us a lot of problems because this is what people look at and take advantage of. Absolutely. Because it's not regulated. It's the loophole. It's a, it's a huge loophole. Mm. And I believe that because of it not being regulated, it not being recognized, then it becomes, it's easy for, 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 for sex workers or rather for that to be targeted. And our country becomes one of the most beneficial targets for all these people that practice all these illegal um, things. 
Now, knowing some of the circumstances under which some people become sex workers and, of course, the notions of criminality surrounding it, how can the regulation of this sort of ensure that drugs are not freely available and that human trafficking is not encouraged? Now, now if, 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 there's this, if it's regulated, now, obviously, there's going to be rules set down. There's going to be ways in which this becomes a crime. And the ways, obviously, it will be looked around. There will not be places where you just see uh, a sex worker on every corner in our country. Mm. Now, they will have specific ages. They will have, there will be registration required. You know, then you will not have the situations of pimps having to, to be the ones that uh, control the sex workers. Then I think that once it's regulated, a lot can be done. A lot can be said as to what can be done, what cannot be done, and the consequences of such things or, or illegal things happening in, in, in respect of the whole um, sex worker uh, issue. You know? And and the relationship between the sex workers and the police in South Africa is not very you know a respectable kind of of relationship. In fact, it's it's hostile. Some would say. How can we change this atmosphere between the two groups, and how can it be dealt with? You know, it, it, now that you when you raise this, it becomes you know there's a sex workers education and advocacy task team that is a, that is based here in South Africa that has been working in assisting with the decriminalization of the sex workers. There's been so many cases that were reported regarding our law enforcement officers taking advantage of these sex workers. Now, I believe that it's because of this non-regulation, that it's so easy for them to do it. You know, a sex worker will go into a police station and say that they want to open a case of maybe sexual assault or rape or anything that is sexually related. Yes. Instead of being helped, they will be victimized in the same place where they went to seek help. Now, once this is regulated, now, this will obviously stop. It will. They, they will have every right to health care. Because remember... They are afraid to even go to the clinics because when they get to the clinics, they are, they are, they are stigmatized, they are discriminated, they are insulted because of the kind of work that they do. Mm. Hence, they become, have to sort out healthcare somewhere else. Now, it will help them healthcare-wise, it will help, help them when it's going to seek um, police assistance because now the law will protect them. They have regulations that are protected by a certain regulation, which will, work very, will be advantageous for the country and for the sex workers as well. Absolutely. And I mean, when you look at law enforcement as well, would it be different if it was not just the sellers of sex being criminalized, but also the buyers? Yes. You know, then they will know that this is how far that we can go and stop abusing their power in respect or when it comes to sex workers. And I, and, and I think the only way when it comes to regulating um, sex work and other laws in the country, the best thing to do is obviously look at other countries as examples. How many countries have legalized sex work? And of course, how many of them are managing it legally as a profession that is not stigmatized and where sex workers also enjoy labor rights? You know, there's a lot of countries. To mention the few, Germany was the first country to legalize prostitution. Then there's Austria, there's Switzerland. You know, such countries, they've legalized it, and it's working for them perfectly. You would see that there is peace. If you can remember in 2010, when we were hosting the World Cup, can you, can you remember the, 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 the disaster that's surrounding the number of prostitutes? The, of sex workers that came into South Africa and could not be regulated. Yes, yes. We, would, we, were, we had a, a huge number of uh, complaints of sexual violence. We had a huge number of, of, of uh, drug 
drugs going around in the country because it could not be regulated. Now, such countries, countries that have legalized it, that actually recognize it, it's, it's obviously, it benefits the country in many ways, not only to save us from all the criminal activities that are, are actually hiding. I would not be saying to say a cost by prostitution, but hiding behind prostitution, uh, prostitution because it's not legalized. Now, once we have the, the main cause, or rather the main essence, the root of the problem legalized, then everything else will be exposed and we can be able to have everything in order. And on the conversation of legalization, an article said in, in a research that the decriminalization of sex work and the legalization of sex, sex work is not exactly the same thing. Could you please clarify the difference between these two terms for us? Now, decriminalization, it's basically not, not making it a criminal offense. Now, remember, now it was illegal. It was a criminal offense to either uh, buy or sell. It is still illegal to buy or sell. Now, when they say that it's legalized, it does not mean it. it when when you say legalized, it does it, it does not mean that it will um, be legal, right? Mm-hmm. Legal for people to to go around and prostitute and sell their bodies in every in every uh, corner or street corner. But then it will be regulated. There will be regulations. So we have to do registrations in order to undergo regular, like, it will be monitored. It will be, you know, when there's no, in a state of no regulations, in a state of no, of no rules, there's absolute disorder. Mm. Hence, there will be, there will be, there will be instances, there will be people allowed under registration to comply with certain requirements that are allowed to practice sex working. And there will be others who will not be allowed to practice sex working. And of course, with the regulation, we'll see, you know, difference in medical attention that one can get. We can yes. see the difference in the protection one can it get. It will be compulsory. Yes. It will be compulsory for one to undergo uh, health care or, or uh, regular checkups, you know. Yes. And then obviously, now, it, when, when you say it's legal, it will, it will be open to everyone to go and do it, whether it's irrespective of your, of your status, irrespective of your uh, health status, and that will expose... And, and many people to illnesses that possibly are carried by just one sex worker. This is what we are trying to avoid in the country. You know, we are we are facing a huge HIV epidemic, epidemic, and this is what we're trying to fight in our country. And we believe that um, sex working is also a part of the of the reasons we have such a high um, number of HIV. Uh, positive people in our country. Now, once we regulate that, not necessarily legalizing it, then we can be able to work around and at least bring our country into some sort of safety um, state. Absolutely. And in your opinion, Mepuleng, why is the decriminalization of sex work such an important topic of discussion and cause of action? Because it is it is the core problem of all the major uh, uh, criminal activities in our country, or rather the, 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 the major health threats in our country. HIV, as I indicated, is number one um, epidemic that is really destroying our country because our government is issuing free condoms. Our government is, is, is in, on every... Every station that you turn, you see adverts about safe, safe sex. You see adverts about how to how to uh, behave as an adult and teaching our children how to behave. Now, once there's, there's there's no regulation in terms of sex workers, then people become exposed. 
to such. And we don't know what happens in there, whether there's protection used, and some sex workers are forced into not using condoms, and people get to spread whatever disease that they're carrying around. And also, this gang um, that are trafficking, the trafficking of uh, sex traffickers, there's also children that are trafficked on a regular basis, children coming into South Africa, because South Africa is one of the countries that people are put in and trafficked in and work in this country as sex workers. It does not matter of their age because we are becoming so exposed and easy target for such um, offenses. Gangsters in this country um, have targeted vulnerable. They take poor girls from poor villages, bring them in the city and exposes them to drugs, give them drugs or uh, force them to sell drugs and make it easy to distribute such in our country. Then once, you know, once we decriminalize this, then it becomes an easy issue to deal with because we're going to minimize the, 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 the extent of distribution of all the, the, the targeting that's happening because of prostitution in our country. That was a pulling Mpeke from Legal Aid South Africa. Law Focus, handing you your rights. In our intro earlier, we alluded to the South African Law Reform Commission, which undertook to get all stakeholders on board regarding the hot topic about decriminalizing sex work as an occupation. Some of the conclusions that were drawn from this report was that the use of the word prostitution is in nature derogatory. More suited terms which are politically correct is commercial sex work. Interestingly also, not all sex workers advocated for the criminalization of sex work. The Center for Applied Legal Studies was however displeased with the report after studying it, asserting that the manner in which the commission engaged with sex workers as part of ensuring um, that their voices as a marginalized group is not ignored was not at all meaningful. Also, the fact that they named the report adult prostitution, even though the word prostitution was found and critiqued to have been offensive, simply proved the disconcertion and nonchalance. This in itself is an indication of the stigma attached to sex work. As we prepare for our interview with Katlehorasi Bitse from Sisonke Gender Justice, here are some important facts about sex work. It can be done part-time or full-time by any gender. There are different classes or levels of sex work, from those in the streets to those who operate in hostels and brothels, including taverns and bars, to the high-class escort, those who operate in the wealthier environments. Street-based sex workers are the ones who face the greatest risks of violation, perhaps because they are so exposed with almost no protection. Some of the violations that sex workers experience include being raped or gang-raped, arrested at leisure, asked for bribes from the police, have their condoms confiscated, not taken seriously when they do report rape. Often, they are detained for loitering and public nuisance. Sex workers are often arrested when they are not even working, while shopping or chilling. But because these crimes are so hard to prove, it usually borders harassment. Although female sex workers are often the victims of gender-based violence, male and transgender sex workers are often the victims of homophobia and related hate crimes. 
Now, joining us on the line here on Law Focus is Ekatleho Rasibite, who is working for Sisonke Six Workers Movement in conjunction with Sonke Gender Justice as well as other partners. He also does a lot of media advocacy work and he joined, joins us now on the line to be part of this conversation that we are having tonight. Thank you so much for joining us, Mr. Rasibite. Welcome to Law Focus. Uh, thank you for having me, Michelle. Let's start with the work that your organization is doing. There's something called SWEAT. What is that? What are the objectives of this organization? Okay, the objective of the organization is to see a South Africa where sex workers are taking adults who are consenting, who does sex work. Remember, sex work is the buying and the saving of sex in South Africa to be seen as work and then whereby sex workers are able to unite and speak out without the fear of being you know, being arrested or being pursued by the current law. Mm. And uh, Sonke Gender Justice in 2016 conducted a very, very rich study on the experiences of sex workers and their human rights violations. And very shocking information was revealed about the treatment of sex workers, like how extremely awful, you know, it actually really is. And this bad treatment was mostly done by police officers. What I want to know now is what has happened to the police officers who were identified in the research, but further, evaluate for us the effect of, of the study. What has come of this research? Has anything changed? Um, last year, if, if you remember, when we took um, the steps to court, which was uh, the South African police uh, to court, and then um, a court interdict was given that said, need what is called the sensitization workshops because some of our police they didn't understand the, um, the exact sexual offenses act whether like they would just randomly arrest you know female black you know who stand by the robot in the miniscape you know under searching you know uh, uh, like most of the charges it could be um attempt to to do prostitution you know, so the law also acknowledged that some of our feds within their own police academy, they were, they were not sensitized enough to deal with sex-related issues. Yes. So um, the, the court ruled that within a 12 month space, those workshops need to take place or, or because already we have done it in Malanga and the first state, case again, and then I will get uh, an offer and case. But that, that doesn't mean the process has stopped. It's an ongoing process because at certain um police station at the time that, you know, stuff is being recycled and, you know, the, the, the managers are changing, people are resigning, new sets are coming on board. It's a continuous process. Mm, so there actually is some improvement. Yes, ma'am. And what support services do you offer to sex, sex workers? Um, we offer sex workers by doing um, a monthly, in, in your own money, understanding you will take the support group, but we call it, um, it's a creative space where sex workers are able to gather in, in each and every province at the national level. And then they would also, you know, bring some creativity in terms of story writing, also sharing their own personal stories because of, we have taped that not all the media houses, when they report around issues with, uh, that has to do with sex work, they report in a way that it's very dehumanizing to what sex workers cause. You find headlines like, my horse says, the Punani sells very nice. You know, the prostitutes, you know, with the, the, those demeaning words, that's what the media says, would use now and then. But again, 
We also work with other different partner organizations in terms of how fast because it's important that, you know, we make sure that the effects of vaccine also screening for TB, STI, and HIV testing. And also, you know, just the self-testing, you know, some of the things that we provide. And not only that, we do have a helpline number that we also provide to test workers for that. They, in case, remember, we're talking about people that face lots of, you know, double stigma in the whole community for the fact that they're into sex work. And then there's a helpline number that we would normally ask the sex worker just to send a tweet call me and some of our consultants that we would reach out to the sex worker that needs assistance in, you know, in, in all the angles of life that you think. Can just talk to you, can't see anything, we offer that. And not only that, we have also partnered with the Department of um, Health, whether like uh, condoms and lubricants that we distributed to sex workers, and making sure that sex workers, they understand their human rights in the sex worker context. Mm. Mm. Wow, you do a lot of important work, I have to say. And how does one actually become a sex worker? I ask because um, we, we want to understand, is it always, is it a choice, um, like with any other career, or does it happen because of circumstances? Um, you know, to be quite, quite, quite um, realistic, mm. sex work is one of the oldest professions in the whole world, like nationally, and you know, um, um, basically, we give them some of the limited options that, especially in South Africa, looking at the history of a female blood, you know, mm-hmm. we, we've got a government that does nothing if I, um, me and you, we are having a kid, and then I decide not to pick up health, and then we find a lot of black females. This is the last option that the university rather fall into because of certain, you know, uh, Visual opportunities out there, specifically for female black. So that's why you might find that our movement is also led by female black person, which is important. And again, by making sure that remember all these laws that criminalizes sex work, they were formed in 1967 by the colonizer came in Africa. So that's what I have to say. And then after the colonizer decided to do almost 53 years down the line, we're still talking about the rights of people who want to choose. People say, you know, I did this because it's my, it's my profession. Remember, I also say, I did this because it's a profession. And as long as you are 18, above, consent is involved, and you are self-identified, number one, because we do not recruit people into sex work. We work with people that self-identify above 18 years old. Then we start to empower such people and making sure that we capacitate them enough. Like, uh, you know, a skill like negotiation. That's one of the, the things that also make sure that sex workers you know, they understand the basis of how to negotiate, you know, when they, if you're offering a sexual services and also savings because we do partner with, um, you know, other organizations like your know, South African age funds that are like, that's a skill of how to save money because we're, we're checking people that now and then church may come every day. So how to save? I mean, you make a lot of reference to black um, sex workers, female sex workers in particular, do you have the statistics of the different racial groups um, in terms of sex work? It, um, I, will, I, will make, um, I, I do not have a specific stat, but I'll just make uh, one example of this practical. You would never see in any media house that a white-owned brothel with Indians and other races, you know, the police will bring a rate, but it's always whether the black female did the rape or and lots of human rights violations are shared 
And this human rights, um, you know, it's hard for us also just to document them because of we also need to show that some of our peer educators are also documenting those rights so that when we approach cabinet or parliament, we use document-based, you know, uh, violation to prove that this, this is occurring. And specifically, it happened to 18 and black. Remember, the law says also the buyer of sex needs to be arrested, not only the seller of sex. Mm. But a lot of times, the police only focus on arresting the seller. Because for the, the law to break, two people need to engage in an act, which is, a, which is um, the sexual offenses act by this one treating the other one, and then the transaction as a case, and then as a witness in court to say, yes, I did see this X and B doing this act, and then I'm the witness for the transaction to prove that this work occurred. But it's very hard for our police to become an argument that you guys will do. We always use other, other, other you know, charges that's really to embarrass. Sometimes you just arrest them on Friday and leave them Monday in the afternoon, and you find lots of people who have a default for medication, they cannot access their kids from school, crutches, and, you know, those basic human rights violations, you know, nobody wants to talk about them, and it's quite embarrassing as, you know, the rainbow nation we claim to be that we still look at the people that want to do my body, my business, as criminals. Mm, okay. Um, the phone line is not so good. I don't know if you can just move around a little bit. I can hear you. I'm just hoping the listeners will also be able to get the gist of everything that I'm you're telling us. It sounds a bit better. Now, sex workers are also not only female, um, just like they're not only um, a particular race, as you did allude. They are also male and transgender sex workers. Now, do they all receive the same treatment or are they treated differently depending on their gender? They are being treated differently. I'll, 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 I'll tell you now. The next money that comes to South Africa from uh, PEPA, they didn't include any transgender to, to, to fund, you know, in terms of the HIV, and, you know, TV, and they didn't include any ladies that are into sex work. We're talking about know, American money that comes to the country. And there's a huge gap between the two because you cannot say, okay, well, this billions that are coming to the country, I'm only going to fund this specific gender and I leave the other two genders outside. This is some of the challenges that we face. But not only as that, that again, we find lots of spaces that, you know, we, our media has, um, has uh, seed us that uh, sex work is that woman with long hair and then, you know, with mini skirt, boots, and lots of makeup, mascaras, so that's what we need to start to change that age. Anybody can be a sex worker. I can, I, I can be a sex worker. You can be a sex worker. But we need to divert in the context of us understanding that all oh, sex work is all, it's always meaning must be feeling. Yeah, I like that comment that you made because I was going to ask uh, what are some of the myths and stereotypes, especially then the biggest misconceptions that are there about sex work, which I think and you well, have well, kind well, of answered. The misconception is, um, you know, sex workers are actually, if, if sex work were to decriminalize, HIV will rise, and then trafficking will rise. You know, these are the things that, um, you know, as we speak now, because sex work is criminalized. Yeah. Sex workers cannot freely say, the officer, I was trafficked because of into sex work, because the minute they start opening up, she's also, you know, opening other things. But if sex work is indeed decriminalized, women would march freely without hiding their faces, you know, there's, there's going to be a lot of changes in terms of also HIV because of if a client forces themselves on sex workers, they're able to open a case without fear or favor. Just say, officer, that's an example of happening in the 
in the Netherlands, the what we call um, the, the red light district of policing, uh, you know, services that is tailored to specialize on the needs of sex workers in social spaces. So this is kind of like the conversation that we need to take further because we know that by by by, by decriminalizing sex work, which means also it's going to require now the police to start paying little attention to the violence that's going to be against sex workers. Some we find that maybe the client, after you know, offering the service, they refuse to pay. So these are the little things that the police will now have to also start you know taking action in them. And not only that, but also making sure that you know sex workers are right. Just the human rights. I remember when. Ramaphosa on the 11th of March 2016, when he was launching the first national strategic plan, he, 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 he said loud and clear that sex work must be decriminalized. You know, there's a need for a call to decriminalize sex work. But I'm again, I'm, I'm excited again for the second time now when he was launching the gender-based um, uh, uh, magistrate court in Boise District. Well, like he also mentioned that you know there, there might be uh, you know a, 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 a change in the context, context of uh, decriminalization, so not in the near future, which was we will welcome it very openly. But you know, fortunately enough, there are also those organizations that see uh, people who are into sex work, you know, as, as, as slaves, people that need to be rescued, people that need to be saved. You know, um, I wouldn't mention them because I'm giving the three them, which they are also, you know, fighting directly with um, um, uh, 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 what the, the good work that we're doing. I'll make an example. When, 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 when the, the National Strategic Plan for Sex Workers was launched, sex workers um, asked Ramaphosa in the shopping list that they want to leave at condom. And flavored condoms was, was launched in South Africa, which is an idea that sets that we bring to the table. And the, this opposition organizations, they took those condoms back to Ramaphosa and throw them at the human building that they want real jobs, they don't want the condoms. Oh. You, these are some of the challenges that, you know, as much as we are fighting exactly that somebody, the other side, is doing something opposing what we are doing. Mm. I think the crux of what you were saying around the issue of decriminalization is that it would actually significantly increase the safety around sex work for sex workers, correct? Yes, ma'am. And then, I mean... Obviously, it's difficult for us, um, uh, some of us, maybe a lot of people might be ignorant, um, and you, you, you did try to speak about the fact that sex work does not mean that HIV is going to skyrocket, um, but there is a lot of... Uh, assumptions that sex work goes hand in hand with human trafficking, ju- drugs, child prostitution, uh, uh, child mm. pornography, and all these other um, social ills that are in our society. How do you differentiate then between consensual sex, for instance, and human trafficking and make sure that sex work does not in any way influence um, the skyrocketing of some of these horrible, gruesome crimes? Um, as the movement is very clear regarding, um, you know, you know we, we don't even say it's kids that are into sex work, but we call it loud and clear that it's a child exploitation, and whoever does that, we need to make sure that, you know, they, you know the law takes its course and that people like that, PDFs like them, who does that into young kids and, you know, trafficking. Because we, we strongly, again, making sure that, you know, Sex workers, they can easily identify if one is being trusted in some of the crazy spaces that we run at the national level once a month. Because some people are not aware that I'm trusted until they set in a workshop and then, you know, a workshop is conducted around trafficking so they can get their full understanding. And again, 
Self-checkers themselves, they are able to also identify that, you know, at this specific brothel, there's this underage that is happening, and I'm not happy with it. Can you guys also interfere? That's why now we have to bring uh, the Department of Social Development for intervention in such cases. Mm. And to whom do sex workers report? Because there's also the other assumption that there's always a pimp behind um, the work of a sex worker. Is that true or is it uh, false? Um, that, that's not true. There are sex workers that those that are working for pimps, which is now in here, like in cases like you know, at the resorting, we remember what happened in the yes. where you know, the community felt that, you know what, we are tired of these specific nationalities that are using golf, you know, to export money, da 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 da. But we make sure that sex workers they become independent and they understand the type of business that they want to engage into. That's one of the, the, the benefits that's a movement that we're making sure. And we make sure that, you know, sexuals are able to speak out, you know, because of um, the criminalization of, of sexuals. It has silenced the voices of many sexuals in the country. They can't speak out because of the laws already that, you know, they, they stigmatize them. So by them speaking out, you know, the courage to speak out, it means, you know, one woman at a time has gained their voice. And is it as easy to exit the sex working business as it is to enter it? Um, you 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 find a lot of a lot of lots of sex workers saying, you know what, like, I've got my degree, I've got my masters, I'm you know I've got that, but I would I would be still if it were to say, you know what, I would still choose to go back to sex work because of you know sex work. Um, it's it's it, it, remember people they think sex work is all about offering sexual services. It's broad, mm. you know. When I'm mm. saying broad, uh, so, so some my, my language sometimes I, I can't speak some of the services. But oh, why can't you? Oh, that would be interesting. For I, I thought that would be a very nice um, addition to the show. Uh, what are those other work benefits that they actually do? Lots of sex workers they offer, you know. Um, um, you know, book, book massage, or, or if it's something else that you know, I don't know, you know about it. The offer, you know, like uh, your change of masturbation, you know, chasing. It's 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 a variety. It's like a buffet of adult entertainment, bedroom entertainment. It's not always about the, the penis penetrating the vagina. Mm. It's a variety of buffet of adult entertainment in one box. Okay. And some sexuals admitting that, you know, some of our clients just sit and talk and, you know, I would actually cancel the client, you know, to, like, try to make him see when there's other, you know, there's, there's life around whatever from the client head. Not every time we all are going to be condom involved and lubricant and sex now. Mm, so a lot of times they also yeah, just yeah, act yeah, as counsellors. Uh, uh, it's, it's a show and then, you know, you are, it's a, maybe it's a party, some things. You know, you know these managed guys, they just want someone who will just, you know, to take around and then I show off to his home like, yeah, look, I carry a hot to me. And they get paid for that. Mm. How many sex workers are in South Africa? Um, according to the South African National AIDS Council, which is the, the, the bigger mother body of HIV, we are having 182,000 sex workers in South Africa. Remember, in 2016, uh, at the launch of the National Strategic Plan, it was reported that, it was reported that we are having 156,000. That was in, in 2016. And then now the latest says it's 182,000 sex workers 
in South Africa. Mm, okay. And for my final question, I mean, you would think that it makes sense for a person who has been oppressed to be the voice of other oppressors. So black people who have experienced racism, women who have experienced patriarchy, migrants who have experienced xenophobia, a homosexual person who has experienced homophobia, the list goes on. And you would think that these groups of people would be in the forefront tackling any unfair treatment of another person, even if the other is not who you are or what you are, what you identify with. And simply because you know what it's like to be marginalized and mistreated. And yet, that is not the case. Sometimes the greatest oppressors are the oppressed people. Why do you think that is? Um, Because we should be the ones who are in the forefront fighting for people like sex workers, fighting for, um, you know, against homophobia, etc. But Oftentimes, that's not the case. Why is that? Um, I would, I would, I'm, I'm, let me just throw away. I would, I would blame also the, the, you know, the, the, the religious theory behind all of this. You know, I wouldn't mention specific religious, but you find, um, you know, lots of people they, they think by punishing those that they don't believe in what they are doing, it's you know, it's it's justifiable, you know, to the Lord. You know, if I, 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 I beat you up because you are a sex worker or you are an LGBTIQ plus person, then, you know, I have carried the mission that the Lord would do with us. Because at the end of the day, even if you then in hell or something, so already I'm carrying the act now into, to, to make sure that, you know, the Lord is being, you know, highly worshipped or something like that. So these are like things that we need also to make sure that we we engage people at a lower level. Like I'll make one example. I was listening one show this morning. I was speaking about LGBT people. Well, lot, lots of the listeners in that show. What people was that? that? You know, it's not it's not easy for LGBT to be taught at school at an early age. Okay. Yes. Oh, are you done with the comment? You were saying that um, you were listening to the show about the LGBTI community. I hadn't um, heard correctly uh, w- um, what exactly group you were speaking about. And you were saying, what is it that you were, the point you were making across? Um, I was saying, if our community, especially the black community, were to be sensitized around this issue at a very early age, mm. it wouldn't be a problem when the person is an adult. That makes a lot of sense. And I agree with you. I think all of us, um, in all our communities, different as we are in our diversity, we need to make sure that we are sensitized to a lot of issues because we carry so much prejudice, stereotypes, and many other, you know, attitudes that are not going to help us to be a better society anyway. So we need to obviously change our attitudes. And I'd like to thank you so much for joining us, Mr. Katehorasi Pite. You have given us very good information on sex worker rights and the experiences of um, that you guys have worked with in the past um, at Sisonke as well as Sonke Gender Justice. Thank you for joining us on Law Focus tonight. Thanks so much for the show. All right. Thank you. As Mr. Rasibitze has outlined, the criminalization of sex work means stigmatization continues, which in turn leads to the violence and mistreatment of sex workers. And because it is stigmatized, often for religious reasons, This then leads to sex workers not receiving full legal protection, if any at all, as other citizens in the country. They are ill-treated because they are sex workers, as opposed to being treated well because they are human. If it was legal, 
it would not have to be done in isolated environments where there is limited protection for both sex workers and their clients. Bringing you the facts, handing you your rights. This is Law Focus. As a country, we have to be honest that everyone is entitled to be treated with dignity. Human rights are not for some people. They are for all people. So whether someone is from outside South Africa, they deserve to be protected under the law and be treated with dignity. Same with sex workers. Whether or not you agree with their occupation, it doesn't take away from the fact that they are human and should be treated as such. We were joined by Ms. Puleng Mbeke from Legal Aid South Africa, who guided us in terms of the law about sex work, as well as Katleho Rasibidze from Sisonke Gender Justice about the actual lived realities of sex workers in South Africa. From our producer, Simba Honde, our technical producer, Kukwano Sirami, our law focus researchers, Sisetu Zingelwa, Siabonga Mota, Veronica Mahwadi, and myself, Millicent Ndiweni. Thank you for tuning in to Law Focus tonight. Good night. Law Focus, handing you your rights. Law Focus Podcast.